You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from beautiful Central Florida. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out to listen to this episode of the podcast. This is episode 71. We're going to be answering a question that may may seem a little bit controversial or provocative to some, and that is, is mental illness caused by demons? My answer to that is, sometimes maybe. However, I would answer the same way if you asked me about any physical ailment. If you say to me, Kenny, are, are stomach aches caused by demons? I would say sometimes maybe. Is cancer caused by demons? Is diabetes caused by demons? Is any physical ailment of any kind that impacts our physical health in any way whatsoever, is that caused by demons? The answer to me is always sometimes maybe. Demons and evil principalities are very real. And they have the power to attack and make humans sick. Sometimes they cause mental illness. Sometimes they cause other illnesses. And sometimes we have mental illness and it's not caused by a demon. And sometimes we have other illnesses that are not caused by a demon. Like sometimes it is demonic. Sometimes it is not. What I find to be odd is that we attach that uh, uh, we attach a stigma to one form of illness, but not the other. Like the person who walks into our church with diabetes, no one ever says, well, I'm not really sure you're real, a real Christian. But the person walks in with depression, people will question him. All I'm saying is we, we seemingly haphazardly or inconsistently, I should say, attach a stigma to mental illness that we don't attach otherwise. I do think the Bible clearly points to several areas where demons do cause physical illness and the Bible points to illnesses that were not caused by demonic activity of any kind. The Bible points to both of those. The reason why I wanted to uh, tackle this topic is because of an email that I got from a, a regular listener in response to episode 43. Back in episode 43, I, I answered the question, is Judas uh, in heaven or in hell? If you're interested in my thoughts on that, you can go back and listen to episode 43. The reason why I bring that up is that in the latter part of that episode, I specifically mentioned suicide. We know that uh, that, that the Bible tells us that Judas committed suicide. And there are some Christians out there that will tell you that any person who's a real Christian would never commit suicide. And because Judas committed suicide, that proves he wasn't a real believer. Therefore, he's in hell. And I think that assumption or that conclusion is very inconsistent in a variety of ways. I do think, and I said this back in episode 43, that someone who's a genuine believer is less likely to commit suicide, but it, but it doesn't out, doesn't rule it out completely. And so, again, if you think what I'm saying is controversial, provocative, go back and listen to episode 43. I explain it in depth there. Now, in response to episode 43, I got a really cool email from a regular listener, a guy named Joe. Uh, he talked about the fact that he had just listened to that episode. And, and then he said something that I really, really struck me. He said, I was worried that you were going to go down the path uh, that would end up alienating those who really struggle with mental illness. And then he says, I was relieved to hear that you acknowledged the seriousness of those conditions. And then he says, thank you for not, uh, for not condemning blanketly all those who suffer from depression or other mental health problems as being unchristian. Joe, let me say to you, thank you for being a regular listener of the podcast. Uh, thank you for your email and your encouraging words. I'll tell you this, when I first read this email, the thing that stuck out to me the most was Joe thanking me 
for not blanketly condemning everyone that has depression or mental health issues. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I've, I know I've heard this from Christians before, and it seems like maybe Joe has run into this in his life, that there are people of faith, people in the church world that will say that depression or mental health issues or anyone who deals with that are lacking faith or they've been subjected to some sort of demonic oppression or those things are unchristian, as, as Joe put it. I want to speak clearly to anyone listening to this that maybe has dealt with mental illness or maybe someone close to you has dealt with mental illness and maybe you've been offended or alienated by people in the church saying that you are basically being influenced by demons or you're unchristian or maybe you're not really a Christian or maybe maybe you're someone who's dealt with depression and you've you've to, and you know, people have told you, well, just pray, just love God more and it'll just go away. Can I just say to you, I am sorry, like on behalf of Christianity, I'm sorry that you've been told that because that is not fair to you. It is incredibly unfair for any of us to ever assume that someone's mental illness is the result of a lack of quality Christian faith or the result of some form of demonic activity. That is not fair because we don't know. And I believe that and I make that statement confidently because I believe the biblical evidence points to that. Let's examine that. And when we're examining biblical evidence in this particular area, the first place I believe we should start is examining the healings that Jesus did while he was here on planet Earth. By my count, there are 31 individual times in the Bible where Jesus heals individual people. Uh, at least 45 people in these 31 cases, right? I, I say it's, it's more than 31 people because in some cases he healed more than one. Like in Luke 17, he heals the 10 lepers, right? 10 people at one time. But there are 31 moments where he heals at least 45 people. And I say at least because there's a few moments we're not sure exactly how many he, he healed. Like in, in, Matthew, in Mark 6, 5 and in Matthew 13, 58, it says that he healed a few people. And so maybe that, maybe that was two or three. Maybe that was a dozen. You know, we don't know. We don't know for sure. But we do know that on 31 different occasions, at least 45 people were healed. And I'm not even mentioning the mass healings, either just the individual or the small group. There are more than 20 other references throughout the Gospels that Jesus uh, healed groups of people. Like in Matthew 19, it talks about he healed multitudes of people in Judea. So I'm just specifically mentioning the ones we know of in, in those 31 specific instances. And of those 31 specific instances, 11 of them make clear that the illness that, that Jesus was healing was caused by some demonic activity or some sort of evil principality. The Bible often calls them unclean spirits. Uh, one example would be in Luke chapter 9. There's a man who has an unclean spirit who seizes him. He falls to the ground. He's having convulsions. He's foaming at the mouth. There's clearly something uh, you know out of the ordinary going here. People are looking at him thinking he's crazy. There's a, a physical ailment that we can see with our physical eyes that is caused by some sort of demonic activity. Another clear example of this comes from uh, Luke chapter 13. Uh, the Bible tells us about a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over. She couldn't fully straighten herself up. Jesus calls her over and Jesus says to her, woman, woman, you are freed from your disability. And he heals her. And, and, the, and the Bible says that that woman stood up straight and she glorified God. Another example comes from Luke chapter 8 where there's a man living naked in the tombs clearly he's out of his mind and and this is the bible tells us caused by 
a, a demonic activity or demonic a possession in his life of, of some sort. We also see instances where uh, you know demons or demonic activity or unclean spirits have caused someone to be either deaf or mute. We see this in, in Matthew uh, chapter 12, as well as with two separate people in Mark chapter 9. Again, demons coming on people, unclean spirits, and, and, you know, being in their life or, or demon possession that is causing physical ailments of some sort. So clearly the Bible makes it obvious it is possible. However, the illnesses that demons can cause in the lives of humans are not just mental illnesses. That That is also very clear through these passages. What is even more important to, to actually address is the frequency with which demonic oppression is is attached to these particular sick people in the 31 instances that jesus healed people we see 11 of them being you know due to demonic oppression or demonic activity but that means that 20 out of 31 were not we know that because if they had been caused by demons, the Holy Spirit would have inspired the writers to document that. Right? The fact that he went out of his way, the Holy Spirit, that is, went out of his way to inspire the writers to make sure they mention the, the, the demonic activity of those 11. Uh, and, and the fact that the Holy Spirit leaves it out in those 20 leads us to believe that in most cases, when Jesus came upon someone who was sick, they were caused by physical issues not related to demonic activity. So sometimes sick people are sick because of demonic activity, and sometimes they're sick because of some physical things. The difference between us and Jesus is that Jesus knew perfectly what the cause was, and when someone walks into our churches or into our, into our lives, we don't know, so we should never assume. We should view and approach the person with asthma the same way we view and approach the person with schizophrenia. We treat them both with respect and dignity, and we seek to tangibly demonstrate to them the love of Jesus. When we're discussing this issue, the biggest tragedy to me is that there are many Christians that have attached a stigma to mental illness or to depression or to related issues and have not attached that same stigma to other illnesses. And what that has done is people who deal with depression or related issues then feel alienated. They feel unwelcome in the church or they feel like they are not good Christians or they lack faith. And what's happening is that people are not feeling welcome in churches. People are feeling divided from the church and they're not feeling welcomed and, and ushered into genuine biblical community. And that, my friends, is an absolute crime. That is a tragedy. And we as Christians should fight hard against anyone feeling unwelcomed. The church is the place that people should feel the most welcomed, particularly if they're dealing with things like depression or mental health issues. There are many people dealing with these sort of issues that come into churches and don't feel welcomed, or they come into church and, and they're felt like they can't be honest about what they're really dealing with. May we as Christians be people that fight hard to welcome everyone in, and may we foster an environment where people feel open and honest to share what's really going on in their life. May we be people that are not only welcoming and unified, but we throw off a any stigma of any kind so that others feel like they can genuinely share the struggles that they're going through. Before I let you go, let me give you one quick resource. If you or someone close to you that you care about has dealt with any sort of mental health issues of any kind, would love to uh, encourage you to pick up a book entitled Overwhelmed, written by a, a pastor of a huge church out of South Carolina, 
pastor's name is Perry Noble. Uh, Perry Noble himself has dealt with depression and some mental health issues, and he really documents what he dealt with and some of the attacks he got and how he managed that and, and kind of dealing with some of the stigmas within the Christian community and how God has used this profoundly in his life and his ministry. So if that's you or someone close to you, go pick up a copy of Overwhelmed by Perry Noble. I think that'll be a great, great resource for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to connect with me, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. If you have a question that you'd like to have answered on the podcast, please shoot me an email. It's heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. It's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz. This has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a